Prozac and Prozac She keeps crying all the time Sexy hair and no luck She keeps choosing the wrong guy With glasses on she still can't see What a waste of time he'd be Another episode somewhere in the 120s of the Feminine Critique. I'm Emily. I am Christine. And on this episode, we are covering a movie. What movie are yeah. we covering? We're covering a movie from some year. 1996. That I didn't look up. There you go, 1990. Yeah. Oh, my. We were just babies. We were. We were so young. So young, man. We had no idea. Um, we are covering the very 90s movie, but yet oddly timeless. Amazingly movie. timeless. In, in, or rather, um, in many ways ahead of its time, in ways that should have just been of its time, but amazingly how you look at it now and you see, wow, that was ahead of its time. Yes. I will be talking about something very similar to this when we go through our movies, but we're covering nice. Bound. Ah, yeah. <laughs> And the this, Wachowski siblings yeah, bound, uh, which I had never seen before. Uh, had you seen it? I had seen it, but only semi recently. Because okay. um, Zach um, kind of he he reps the Wachowskis really hard, and I'd never been that much of a fan. Mm-hmm. Like I just kind of felt like, oh, this isn't for me. Sure. Come to find out, I've never been more wrong about anything. Mm, yeah, I can see that. I, I have a long way to go on the Wachowskis just because I really haven't seen many of their stuff or yeah. like I've seen the Matrix. I have seen like the big ones, but only one time. And this this did so many things that made me really excited. But yes, we're not there yet. First, we have other not movies quite. to talk about. Um, and I know there's one movie you saw in a theater that I did, too. So I think we'll save that one till the end. OK, well, was it it? No. Oh, uh, ready or not. <laughs> I'm like trying to be coy about it, forgetting I'm recording and I can like, you know, that, that there's no reason to hide this fact, but I also saw Ready or Not. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I thought maybe you saw It. No, I'm going to see It tomorrow. That would be, that was a good guess, I thought, It was on a my good part. guess. Yes, very much. Right. I didn't really well, give any won't... hints to, to steer you one way or another, so. No, I know. I just, I don't know. I forgot I had watched that movie. So we'll, we won't talk about that right now. No, we'll get to that at the very end of this segment. So it gives people time to check out if they want to. But first, what else have you been watching other than Ready or Not? And Bound. Well, um, I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do for my watching thing. Mm. Oh, I have one. Okay. Well, let's, let's just dive right in then. Um, I think that you recently watched Jumanji, right? The newish one uh then the when it came out in the movie theaters a year ago wait was it a year ago wait you haven't you haven't watched it since wait are we talking about the 1990-ish one or the rock one the i'm sorry the karen gillen one oh preach girl preach (laughs) um yeah we saw that oh oh yes no 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 it's whenever that came out we saw it in the theaters 
because we went to go see like a Broadway show for our birthday, but there was nothing that we wanted to see for the amount of money we'd pay. So <laughs> I instead, remember this story. <laughs> we saw Jumanji. We were like, we'll just go see a movie. And we get to the theater and we're like, what's playing? What's playing? We're like, oh, Jumanji. I've heard good things. Oh, it's the 4D experience where they spritz water at you and shake yeah. your chair. Let's do it that way. And while I didn't love that experience, I did find the movie delightful. What did you think? I swear, I swear you just watched it recently. Maybe I'm confusing you and I you were with my talking about. Zathora, which then led to that a little talk about Jumanji. I think that's it. Well, I guess that inspired me to rewatch it. <laughs> Boy, it's still just so delightful. It's del- uh, so, so, like, okay, in the great state of Washington, which is where I live, marijuana is legal. I don't know if we've gotten into this before. We've, so, not really. Marijuana. No. Marijuana is legal here. I'd never t- partaken because I didn't know anybody mm-hmm. that I could get it from. I'm a very square person. <laughs> I was say, you sound so know- adorably square right now. I don't know how to procure illicit substances. <laughs> hey, you guys but- know any uh, anybody selling the weed? Hey, you got some drugs, kids? <laughs> so, like, it was never something that I cared to do. I didn't care. But it's it's legal and extremely accessible here. So I we will have drugs. And um <laughs> Yay, good for you. We got high and watched this movie. And at the end when spoiler everyone if you haven't seen Jumanji, but at the end when the kids meet Colin Hanks. Yeah. I that fucking it might have been because I was I was high, but that scene is so fucking intense and so sad and so existential. So I looked, I was like, "What is happening?" And I looked at Zach, and what he looked like to he the was Jonas brother. It was both of us, and I was like, "What is happening? Why did this movie get so serious?" But it was, I I like that movie so much. I hope this new one is good. That's right, because, yeah, they're doing a sequel. I, I hope so, too. I feel like you could have fun with that again, because the movie's just so fun. And yeah, it's like, a, it, yeah, it's like both a good script, but also everybody's clearly having a really good time. And mm-hmm. I think you could do it again. I think you could, like, that it's the chemistry, it's everything else. I'm I'm hopeful. I'm very hopeful. I, yeah, I am too. I think, I think it comes out around Christmas again, which was when it came out Mm -hmm. last time it came out. Um, (laughs) So I will definitely see it, but I, I hope it's, I hope it's good. Yes. Um, so I forced Zach to watch the man who killed Don Quixote. Oh, Um, I don't think I have any desire. This is. Oh, uh, hey. Terry Gilliam or Johnny Depp, or is it both of them together? Well, no, it was supposed to, it was Terry, it's Terry Gilliam and it was supposed to be Johnny Depp, but it ended up being Adam Driver. Oh, okay. um, I know, like. I get it now. I I wish I would start doing things that I want to see more. (laughs) Because I, I, I I knew I wasn't going to like this because there's, there's literally nothing here for me except Adam Driver, which is enough, but is it enough? This movie proves that maybe it's not enough. Mm, I really didn't like it. I have a lot of respect for Terry Gilliam, but I really don't like his movies. No, not for me. This was a big. This came. This came with a stamp of not for me on it. Was it just too much? I feel like all his movies are just too much. It was too much. Yeah, that's what I figured. And and it was just a lot. 
And I, it was like, I don't know why. And, and he was like, I hope this taught you a lesson, Christine. And I was like, <laughs> it kind, kind of did. It kind of taught me a lesson. That man needs to start doing movies that I want to see. And it's yeah. not getting any better with this marriage story that's coming out with Scarlett Johansson Isn't that, that a, I don't like. The Woody like. Allen one? No, that's Noah Baumbach. Oh, okay. Okay. Which is which is fine, yeah. but it's her. I don't want to see her. I, I get it. I, Scarlett Johansson is one of those, like, uh, it's just so frustrating because she just, I, if, I, I just, I wish I didn't know that she's apparently kind of a shitty person because I, I know, really like too. her acting. I like her on screen. I, I, I think, I think her and Under the Skin is like one of the greatest things in the world. I, I find her interesting to watch. I think she can be very sexy. I think she has a different presence. I will still pay to go see Black Widow because I, must but i just wish i didn't watch the won't always now have to think god you're a shitty human being and she just keeps doubling down it's It's like strange it's weird and uh i like she's like daring you to like her like hey what if i do this i don't know that one's weird it's very odd moving on if you liked don quixote great (laughs) but i am tell i am telling you i knew i wasn't yeah i I watched it anyway nope nope i i get it i get it (laughs) We've, we've, I understand that feeling. Yeah. It shows me that I shouldn't do that. Um, I believe this is still on Amazon Prime, but I watched uh, Bob the Drag Queen's comedy special, Ooh. The Suspiciously Large Woman. I did not that? know. I did not know this was a thing. I'm adding it right now. I'm pretty sure we watched it on Prime. It was very funny and good, and Bob is very funny. So. Mm. How do <laughs> I spell it. suspiciously? Suspiciously. Oh, there we go. Okay. Oof, that's a hard word to spell on a Friday night. I'll tell you that. <laughs> uh, I liked it. Yeah. Cool. So watch it and and laugh and tell me. How much Added you laugh. to watch list. Done. Woo! Um, Zach made me rewatch Spider Man Three. What an I have interesting husband it. you have. <laughs> he. You know what? I don't know why he's this way. <laughs> Now, um, it, how do you feel on the spy on the Raimi Spider Men in general? Um, diminishing returns. Okay, but do you I like? Do you think Spider Man Two is like one of the greatest movies of all superhero movies of all time? The way everybody else seems to. No. Yeah, I don't get it either. Like, I've never really liked Spider Man. I like two like, better as than like one, a... but the way people talk about yeah. two is this very, very like, oh, this is the movie that gets it. And I, no. I don't know. Oh, yeah, I don't get it either. Okay. Honestly, I don't know if they've made the Spider-Man movie that gets it yet. No, I'm with you. That might be like a shitty thing to say, but no. and the, I don't. I've never connected to anything really in that like universe. Yeah. So it's it's a hard sell immediately, and I am not a huge fan of Raimi doing mainstream stuff. I hear you. It, yeah. It it's never really worked. Again, this is not for me, and I know sure. it. And then somebody's like, "But it's so ridiculous. Let's watch it." And then I'm like, "Ugh." <laughs> and even Topher, Topher Grace has like frosted tips in it, and it's just like there's literally no reason for, for me you. to show up. Wow, that's shocking. <laughs> um, so I did something that I rarely do, which is I went to the theater for a double feature. Ooh. I had to bring snacks. Oh, obviously, because it was a very long day. Um, so I saw Don't Let Go in the theater. Do you okay. even know what this fucking you movie know, is? You know, the only, no, I don't. I, I feel like I saw you say you saw it and I was like, what the hell is that movie? And then yep. I saw one headline about it, I think on Vulture, 
that said something to the effect of don't let go or don't let me go is an example of how colorblind casting can't just not be addressed or something. And then I was suddenly like, now I'm kind of intrigued, but I know nothing about it. Tell me. I feel like they did this movie dirty. I only knew about it because they, well, that's not true. I had heard it like kind of talked about as like a, there's another Blum movie coming out Mm -hmm. with like a, with like black actors in it. (laughs) You know, the second one. But like it's it's fucking shitty but it's of note and i was yeah. like oh i don't really even know what this is and then i was like oh why did you name it that because now i'll never remember the title right. of it um and then the the main actor was on um npr talking about how it was originally written like white or like defaulted as white characters okay. and they just hired him and then hired had to hire everybody around him because it's like about his family and and they had to move locations of where it was originally set and i was like this is all fascinating to me yeah um so i was like we have to make we have to have to have to see this which mm-hmm. is why we did a double feature so we went to the theater i fucking loved it it's like wow. i called it really light sci-fi like it's it's more like if you were doing talking about it in a literary sense it's like speculative fiction or like strange fiction okay light sci-fi it's not there's no mechanics of what's happening involved but it's literally like a dude it this is not spoilers a dude's phone rings and it's his um murdered niece from the past okay and like they have to like in tandem figure out the murder and make it not happen okay that's a good concept it's David, it so David Oyelowo, your Yellowlo, uh, who's who was Martin Luther King and Selma, who's a great actor. Yep. And he's and Storm Reed is the girl who I am now like a hundred. I love her. I would die for her. She's so good. She looks, um, okay, she was in A Wrinkle in Time, which Wrinkle in Time, yeah. yeah. Okay, she's cool. good in that too. Mm-hmm. She's really good, and and I just saw James Gunn posted a thing. I don't know when today, maybe on Twitter, but the new Suicide Squad cast names all on it, and her name is on it. And okay, I was like, oh, good. I'm the one person that liked the Suicide Squad over <laughs> here. Hello, it's adorable. Um, that this movie is so good, and I feel like it got lost, and I really hope that. I usually say, like, I hate when people, when things come out on Blu-ray and people are like, oh, how did we all miss this? Yeah, why didn't anybody tell us about this? But, like, I kind of, this got so buried that I hope that that happens with this. It was really good. It's funny because I feel like August used to be a great movie month because it was a dumping ground. But it meant that's when a lot of, it's kind of like the, it's like the, it's January for the summer. Right? Like, all of your mm-hmm. big, like, popcorn-y films you release in May, June, July. And then August was when you'd have, like, your Ready or Nots. And this movie seems like it would have been a good August release. But it, it just ended up being, I think, a busier month. I guess other stuff going on in the world. I don't know. But it seems like there Did were a, a couple of movies. I've, I never saw a poster for it. I never saw an ad for it. Now, granted, I don't watch that much live TV, and I'm, but still, like, you'd see a billboard somewhere for it. The only way I heard of this was a headline on Vulture and seeing you Twitter about it. Twitter about it? Do it? Is that how you say yep. it? Yes, that's how you say it. That's how I say it. Absolutely. Um, 
I I guess I could see somebody not liking it, but for me, it ticked all of the boxes. I mm-hmm. thought it was really compelling, and, and by the end, I was a hundred percent in. Like okay. I was like, "Yep, this is it. Cool, I love this movie." When when this like um, hits the streaming world, we should maybe think of covering it. <gasps> yeah, I would love to watch it again because you, when you don't, I didn't know what it was going to do, mm-hmm. and I kept to. I do this a lot, and I I think you might do it too. Oh God, yeah. Where I where I'm trying to figure it out. It's what I call like, the, it. I call it the martyrs complex. The movie mm-hmm. martyrs. The first time you watch that movie, it is such a different experience than the second time. And it's yeah. because you have no idea what the movie's going to do next. It's it, the movie starts as one genre. It jumps to another, it jumps to another, it jumps to another. And you're, you're almost distracted trying to figure out what kind of movie you get to then to actually just like sit back and, and not enjoy, but like to experience it. And then the second time you watch it and you're actually watching it to watch it, you're not watching it for mm-hmm. the, the jumps. It's the whole to me, like that old, like, Oh, a spoiler wouldn't ruin a movie. If it's, if a spoiler ruins the movie, it's not that good a movie to begin with. It's like, no, no, no. no. The problem with spoilers is that it kind of robs you of the experience of that first time experience, watching a movie and discovering it. And yep. Yeah, you're going to, you never can see a movie, you know, the first time twice, but movies like Martyrs, movies that jump kind of things and just have, like, throw things at you (laughs) are Mm -hmm. a different movie the second time around. So, yeah, you have me really intrigued by this one. Yeah, I would like to watch it again, not doing that, not being like, because it is, it is as much as like a time, it's not, it's a time travel movie in the sense that there's time travel, obviously, but it's more of like a like a who done it you know okay so like i'm trying to figure out what it's doing mechanically but also who did it so so my brain was like in like hyper figuring out instead of like just enjoying just back it. yeah okay intriguing cool well hopefully i don't mean hopefully but hopefully it does hit a bunch of or yeah. something streaming and it's widely accessible so everybody can watch it yes and then the other movie I went and saw that day was the 20th anniversary screening of The Matrix. Oh, how appropriate. Yeah, I know, right? Um, so, like, The Matrix is the most amazing movie. <laughs> no, I don't you think had just rewatched little... all of them not that long ago, yeah. right? I don't think my little 1999 self um, <laughs> had any fucking clue, like, the, the width and breadth of that universe. Mm. The Wachowskis are so much, so further ahead of us that I think that's why some things don't hit right because we're not there yet. Mm. (laughs) Because I know, I know the Matrix was a big deal. Like, hey, I was there. I remember it. But (laughs) like the ideas and the concepts that they explore in those movies are still things that we're not 100% caught up with, I think. And it's so fucking weird how how 90 and i'll say this about bound too so how 90s it looks but yet how fucking current it looks yeah like there's only one arguably and somebody can disagree with me there's only one outfit in the matrix that feels dated everybody else and the glasses are all stupid but everybody (laughs) else looks so current and so cool yeah and it's just so fucking cool i'm i'm glad i married somebody that liked those movies so much because i never Gave them that this much credit or attention. Fascinating. I, I should go back. I mean, I've seen, I've only seen the first one. I've never watched the rest. And I think it was one of those 
cases where it was like it took me like three times to watch it like I watched it at a party and fell asleep then I friend had it and I mm-hmm. fell asleep so I just kept seeing the beginning again and and it, and then it became so big and it became yeah I mean I think those of us who were young enough in 1999 remember this the younger generation you don't understand every single movie that came out yep. six months after the matrix had to have a visual joke where a character jumped up in the tiger claw thing and froze and the camera spun around every yep. single shrek did it everything did it and it just became kind of felt at that point like a big budget hollywood blockbuster and then you think back you're like whoa but that totally was not a big budget hollywood blockbuster at its conception it was actually doing some, some really offbeat yep. crazy things so yep. it, it and i would say if i think an interesting list one day would be to make the most influ the pop culturally most influential films of all time and i feel like the matrix would would be in that list because i oh, think it did sure. it changed styles it changed the way people talked the way people kind of even thought about some things but i mean even though people are pull people pull the incorrect message yep. from that movie it's so fucking weird the people that rep that movie like the whole red pill thing um that is a, is an incel it's incel <laughs> bullshit yeah and like that's hugely influential it's not influential in a good way right. but my god this move that movie changed like the the landscape did. Yeah. of of, a, the of, of, of definitely american culture yeah yeah very much. I, I don't know. It, but and we'll talk about it more when we talk about Bound, sure. because these movies are intrinsically linked. Oh, very much. Um, uh, the theater, there's a kind of a cool theater around here um, that was doing a bunch of um, Stephen King movie screenings oh, leading oh, up to yes. it, opening. Yeah, yeah. So we had to pick one. Of and you picked many. Maximum Overdrive, right? We picked Maximum Overdrive. Oh my god, you did really? Yes. Yes, I love you so much. I took a wild stab, <laughs> hoping that was the truth, and it brings of joy to my heart that, that that's what you went. Oh, oh. Uh, you know, I saw that in the it, theater it, when I was four. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm sure you really enjoyed it. Every time I watch this movie, I forget huge I chunks it. of it. It's so great. Uh, I don't know why. I just can't retain the actual plot of this movie. Well, is it because you're um, doing as much cocaine as Stephen King did when he directed it? <laughs> I guess maybe it doesn't follow any like logical like brain patterns. Yes. That like I get I get confused when I watch it. There <laughs> there are high highs and low lows in that movie. What, tell me the high but, highs for in your opinion. Oh, when so so some so the high highs are are obviously the. The trucks, which okay. I sound like a child. Um, <laughs> I like when, to cause when, that I'm big. <laughs> when the trucks are circling the gas station, mm-hmm. I love that. Love it. I love. I love those visuals. Anything with the little boy trying to get to the <gasps> diner. I love, I love that I, kid is in a different movie, and he is giving an Oscar-worthy performance. That kid takes it so fucking seriously. It's. It's, it is. It's a different movie. Yeah. So like he's weird. playing it like his dad just died and he just witnessed all this awful things and he's just yep. wants to find it. And then of course everybody else kind of gets the memo of like, dude, our director's on drugs. We're making a movie about killer trucks. 
just have fun with it. And then there's this kid like, no, man, I'm the next River Phoenix. I'm going to get this shit done. And I love it. it. I like all that stuff. But then there's these like weird like lulls <laughs> that I'm, I'm like, oh, was this what are we when is the truck going to show up? Again? <laughs> when is the soda can going to kill people by shooting soda can? Oh, soda it's can with so good. I wish. I I love that it's like self-contained, like yep. in the gas or the gas station diner. But I love when that kid is biking through the neighborhood. And I just I love, wish yeah, it was more scene. of that. Yep, yep. It's so so ridiculous. So that's the one we picked. Oh, out of all. You picked well. Was your audience into it? Yeah, of course, okay, of course. Yes. Yeah. Um, like did, did everybody and... good? Did they cheer for my favorite character, possibly of all time, uh, Wanda? We made you! Yeah. The waitress. Yeah. I love her so much. So, so it, much. It's a good one. Um, so that happened. That was fun. Good times. <laughs> um, there's a Weinstein documentary on um, Hulu. Oh, God. I believe it's called Untouch- Pretty Painful. Untouchable. Yeah. Oh. I, there was... There was... I kind of got fixated on this as it was sure. happening. Um. So I um, obsessively, like dangerously obsessively read all, all this stuff. So there was nothing new there for me. Okay. But if you were only like casually paying attention, like I'm sure there's interesting stuff. But yeah, it, it just... I don't know. Plus, it ends with this weird like, and thank God that's over. <laughs> like, oh, what? good God. I was like, why do you feel the need to have so much closure on? I guess that's the problem with making a documentary like so close to the time when something actually happened. Like, it's yeah, not over. Yeah, you just you don't have the space to say, okay, what did we learn? How did, how were things yeah. different? How are they not different? And yeah, no, it's yeah, no. Mm. no. It's not necessarily recommend for me. Gotcha. Um, only got a, a couple more. We watched um, a movie called Domino, which is Brian De Palma's latest oh, movie. Oh, not the Kira Knightley one. No. Okay. I've never actually seen that. I should watch that. I saw. I, um, saw, I got it. I had like free tickets to it back in, back when I was in my twenties, and like Village Voice would po- would post things like free screening of, and if if you get there really early to get a free ticket to a movie that you wouldn't have paid for, um, I remember seeing it that way. So I can't remember what I thought of it, but anyway. Yeah, this one not good. Oh, it's a shame. I I I was I liked that um, passion. Is yeah, that we, what we covered it. Remember? I, but this is the thing with titles: make your title be something yeah. I can remember. No, I, I'm with you. Um, I liked that movie. This movie is not that movie. No, oh, I did true. not like this movie. But like, also, it dealt with a lot of like extremism and terrorism and like i'm making a face right now i can can hear your face it's weird that's that's just not my bag there's like a little bit of like a nose flare going on right yeah a little eye roll but like i don't know maybe if you were super into that and you were like you would be a little bit more forgiving like how i was forgiving of the um rachel rachel mcadams movie fair so um we rewatched clue because why wouldn't you? Oh, I, re- I rewatch Clue as well. That's wild. Why were we watching Clue so much? Might it have been because you also saw Ready or Not? Fuck, maybe. Is that like, because that, that was for us. So we, we saw it and then 
Um, we were actually away. We're in Cincinnati visiting Brandon's family. And we're hanging out at his brother's apartment. And we see, like, we're looking at his movies. And I think it was Brandon's mom, actually, was like, Clue. And they were all like, let's watch Clue. And we all watched it together. And it's it's so, so fucking good. It's so good. So good. Well, I'll tell you why we watched it. And I don't want to go too tangential on this. But there, Zach and I sometimes watch... I don't know if you get down like this. You like YouTube channels? Like, we'll watch YouTube content. I know what you're saying. Stream. Not as much, but I get it. Usually I end up but seeing a puppy, and then I keep watching puppy videos. Well, here's the thing. I, I have a strong record. Basically, I found um, you as a YouTube channel. What? Um, there is a, there, yes, there is a YouTube channel called Pushing Up Roses. Okay. And it is this lovely girl woman younger woman i think what i don't want to call her a girl that's dismissive this younger woman who's the most delightful person oh. and the things her on her channel she talks about all these episodes of murder she wrote <gasps> uh, she talks about like episodes of are you afraid of the dark and goosebumps oh, and okay. like like I, there might be golden girls content like I, I don't know why we we're, we don't watch Murder, She Wrote in this house. It's not something we do in this it's house. It's on Amazon Prime now. But we watch these videos about episodes of Murder, She Wrote. But <laughs> but she had one about Clue. And so we we were like, we watched the episode, the little thing she did about Clue. And we were like, well, let's just watch Clue. But her content is so... For the most part, because she also talks about like older video games and stuff, and mm-hmm. that's not really something I okay. relate to you. But it's so Emily centric. <laughs> like even Zach said, it's so fucking weird what this what this woman <laughs> talks about. Maybe she's it's the daughter so... I gave up for adoption when I was, you know, a child. Who knows? It's so interesting. But like, if you ever want to hear somebody talk very humorously like... about episodes of Murder She Wrote, oh, goodness, of course, um, she's she's funny and good. But um, that's the reason that motivated us to, to do Okay, very nice. Yeah, for us, it was like, it was just on the mind. And it just, it gets better. It's it's never, it's so great. Clue is so great. I'm so glad yeah. the world has finally accepted that Clue is great. And she talks about that in the little, If you, everyone, if you're a Clue completist, you should look up that video anyways, because she talks about how the reception to it was initially mm-hmm. so cold and yeah. people didn't like didn't think it was funny. Nope. There are legitimately hysterical moments in uh, that movie. So good. And every... <laughs> so good. I mean, you have seven amazing performances in that movie. Mm-hmm. Like, where do you get that? Where do you get that? You get that in Clue. Every every time I watch it, I like... I, I focus on a different character. Yeah. It's weird. Like, yep. I, I, like, gravitate to a different character. I see it. I see it. It was fun. Look at us being in, in sync. Hey. <laughs> Um, the last one was is it? I saw it. Okay, which as I told well, you, I'm I, I going to I rewatched the first one, but now, I don't. How need to did talk you? Okay, I'm well. I'm curious because I don't want to hear too much. Because again, I'm I'm going tomorrow morning. We have our tickets. Um, as of now, we're the only ones going, but I know that's not the case. I have a dream of being the only one at the theater, but it hasn't happened yet. Um, how did you? Because I don't want to know too much. Well, just a thumbs up, thumbs down on on uh, chapter two. Um, that's a really tough question to answer. Mm. Thumbs down, I think. Okay. How it did, did... Too, it did more things wrong than right. Okay. How did you feel about chapter one upon rewatch? 
I didn't. I thought it was a. I thought it was a mess. I thought it didn't make a lot of sense. But the performances were so compelling, and yeah. all the kids were so good yep. that it made it like infinitely watchable. Yeah, my, my feelings on the first one. I think I, I I didn't love it. I liked it. I think more than you. But I agree. I think, the, and the, it's the kids that make it. And what I didn't like was very quickly as I, I remember sitting like about halfway through realizing, oh, I know the to- I know the way this is going now. There's still like seven kids left. Every child is going to have his fear or her fear. We're going to get a really creepy scene and it's going to not happen. And then we're going to move on to the next kid and the next kid and the next kid. And it just, at that point, I was like done with it in a way. Yeah. I just kind of felt like, oh, okay. Like I'm out of it. Because it was too formulaic. It it just, yeah, it just got to where there's, there was no stakes for me. And especially knowing the story. I I worry for you then. Okay. Yeah. So we'll see what I think of two. And then when next we meet, we will we will talk about. Let's both go into depth on where we landed on too. But so I'm you landed on the curious. on the slightly negative side. It sounds like, but not fully negative. Um, yeah, and I don't want to tell you why not fully negative yeah, because I, I don't want to ruin anything sure. for you because I'm sure you've avoided stuff. I've tried, yeah, and so so far so fair, fairly clean. I just know it seems yeah. like people either loved it or hated it. Or not hated um, it, but people either like are, you know, can't say anything wrong with it or had serious problems with it to where they're kind of saying like, no, 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 look at this. So, Yeah, it doesn't usually happen, but mm-hmm. the, the issues that I had with it, I found people who had the exact same problems, okay, okay. which is very rare. So it made me feel a little bit more justified yeah, in my feelings. That's always good. I, it, it did some unforgivable things for me, though. So Okay. I... Look forward to hearing what uh, you think. Yeah. All right. So we'll we'll talk about that next time. Woo! All right. Is that that everything you've got? That is everything. All right. So let's see what I have. Um, I watched. I only have a few movies in part because I watched an entire mini. Actually, I watched two miniseries. Really. So a couple of years ago, Stars had a show called Flesh and Bone which was about ballet dancers and I really wanted to watch it, but I didn't have stars at the time. And now <laughs> it's, it's one season and it's on Amazon prime. And I think it was always meant to be one season, but it feels like it easily could have gone on if it had done, maybe if it gotten more. So but this is um, done by uh, one of a uh, female writer producer who did a lot of episodes on breaking bad, including like some of like the best episodes, like Ozzy Mendez and the ones that like everybody thinks about. And I can't remember her name. It's Moira something something. But so this is her, like this was her show and it was like her concept and she was the showrunner. And it's an eight episode story of kind of a young ballet dancer who comes to New York, gets accepted to this company where you have like all of your typical characters. You have the bitchy ballerina roommate. You have the like aging prima donna who's like not letting go of her role. The really, really crazy ballet director. Um, you have Tova um, Feld- Feldchuk, never know how to say her name, like as just like the crazy Russian who holds a, a Pomeranian the whole time. This is really weird. And it's, I can't decide if it was like just pure trash, but just really watchable or if it was actually like really good in the end, I just can't decide. I can't watch it objectively because it hits it so really many beats that I really sounds like loved. it was made for you. It really. Yeah. Oh gosh, yes. Um, there's like this. There's a total VC Andrews vibe about it because she has this crazy incestuous relationship with her brother. Um, so there's that. 
there is a homeless guy who's like <laughs> sort of this spirit guide um, narrator in a sense. You have a stripper subplot, which at first I'm like, oh my God, Christine would hate this so much. But then I'm like, wait, no, I feel like they kind of treat this in a pretty respectable way. I can't tell. I don't know. I, I have no, <laughs> I, I like, I am so not the one to talk about it objectively because it was so clearly made for me that one of the guys in it was in t- center stage and the guy who choreographed the whole thing was also in center stage. Um, there's just a lot going on, as you can tell. Uh, Amy, like yeah. If, if you're like me and just really like, and the last episode, like, there's not enough dancing in it. Like, it would have been better if they just really made it about ballet. But the last episode, there's a lot of ballet. So, I mean, it's only eight episodes and it's on Amazon Prime. Anybody that's listening to this and being like, I don't, maybe, I don't know, maybe. If maybe, if you hear maybe at all in your head, then just try it. Just try the first three episodes. It's kind you of... You said it's on Prime? It's on Amazon Prime, yeah. The last yeah. episode, I was so, like... I'm like, they, they have so much to wrap up and they haven't wrapped it up. And then, like, they they kind of wrap it up. But, like, the final moment, I'm like, oh, no, that was perfect. That was absolutely perfect. I'm cool with this. But I don't think everybody's going to feel that way. I do need something new to watch. Just so maybe. Just give it a try. Just, like, watch the first episode and see what you think. Okay. So that was Flesh and Bone. <laughs> Um, the other, I, I guess you call it a miniseries. It was a series of five made-for-TV movies that are kind of presented miniseries-wise. Um, so on the on the subject of V.C. Andrews, uh, V.C. Andrews, who wrote Flowers in the Attic um, and a couple of other books, uh, and then when she passed away, she had a ghostwriter um, who wrote a whole bunch more books for her under her name, and they were all the same formula and plot basically the first book is about a young woman who's plucked from her family because it turns out she was actually the daughter of somebody else and then in the second book it's her exploring that having sex with a lot of older men and then eventually her brother or or a brother figure and then in the third book she has a child and then the fourth book it's the child story and the fifth book is a prequel that's how all the series go and i loved them more than anything (laughs) in the world when i was 12 to 14 actually no when i was age 10 to 14 so uh, a couple of years ago, Lifetime, my favorite network, did an adaptation of the Flowers in the Attic books, which ranged in quality. Um, the Flowers in the Attic adaptation was pretty decent, and then the rest of the the, um, the movies were like as trashy as they should be. So I appreciated them. So they did the same thing with V.C. Andrews' second series, which was the Heaven. Uh, about a character named Heaven. It was also called the Castile series. Oh, man. So, (laughs) Heaven, it's about a young girl who's growing up in West Virginia in this, like, big family, and for some reason, everybody has an accent but her. And she is played by the young redheaded girl from Oculus. Um, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love her. Yeah, she, um, she's in these movies. (laughs) Nobody come. Here's the thing. These movies, they're so terrible, but some of the adults kind of get it and have fun with it. And all the people that have to play it earnestly, like, just have to do their damn best. So <laughs> the people who get away with it, Julie Bowen, not Julie Bowen, um, Julie Benz gets to play yep. a blousy alcoholic. And it is glorious. Uh, Kelly Rutherford in the second movie gets to play a blousy alcoholic. And it is glorious. Um, uh, Jason Priestley 
does something. I don't know how to describe what he does. I cannot tell if it's him trying to <laughs> act and being miserable at it, or if he's just like, fuck it, I'm going for it. I'm going to give the most ridiculous performance you have ever seen me give. And if that's the case, it's amazing, and he nails it. Uh, there are five movies, Heaven, Dark Angel, uh, Gates of Paradise, something else and then web of dreams i can't remember all of them they go really quickly uh they are trashy as anything i recommend them to anybody that like enjoyed vc andrews and knows what i'm talking about if you didn't then no don't watch them because you're gonna have no idea why this would be enjoyable to such so many women of a certain generation uh but that took up a lot of my time I mean, it sounds like it. It was worth it, every minute of it, really. Like, there's so much. The best is the fourth the fourth movie, where it's now her daughter. And throughout, like, in heaven, like, the incest theme is kind of heavily laid in. But the best is, like, the fourth movie opens on, like, the daughter character and her, the guy she thinks is her brother. And just the first thing is them laughing, and then, like, the music turns sexy as they look at each other. And, like, there's no reason in the world for them to be sexy yet. <sighs> Because in this world, they think they're brother and sister. By the end of the movie, they find out they're not. And they're like, yes, we can bone now. It's so great and terrible. Oh, oh boy. God. Lifetime. You get me. Um, you know what else kind of gets me, but like not all the way? What? So, you know, I get, I still have a Netflix DVD subscription. Of course. And because uh, there's certain things that you can only get on disc and not, you know, that aren't streaming anywhere, including this movie. You and my mom. Yep. <laughs> and so I take my movie out and I show it to Brannon jokingly like, oh, hey, babe, do you want to watch this tonight? And he just looks at me and he got angry. He was like, why would you even ask me that? I'm like, because I'm joking. And that movie, of course, was um, the Wayans second generation brothers dance flick. <laughs> Oh, boy. Um, How was that? So I would call it a mixed bag. Hmm, interesting. So Dance Flick, I think it's from 2009 or so. So the first problem with Dance Flick is that it was made after Step Up 2, but before Step Up 3 and everything that came after. So, mm -hmm. I mean, honestly, that's a limiting factor is that it doesn't have the best material to play with. Now, that's okay. Um, because it, and oh my God, thank goodness I watched You Got Served before I watched Dance Flick. Because there are some running gags that I would not have picked up on having not seen You Got Served. So, really, it's You Got Served, Step Up, and Save the Last Dance are really the main um, subjects of, of discourse, if you will, for Dance Flick. There were mm -hmm. moments in Dance Flick that I did laugh out loud. I am not going to lie. I was not drunk when I watched Dance Flick. Uh, the opening, where it's like street dancing, and then it gets like so intense that people die while street dancing. That was funny. Yep. The guy who plays Steve Harvey's character, he was funny. Um, a lot of the jokes... <laughs> okay, some of the stupid white people jokes, I found funny. Uh, the finale had me laughing. There's a lot in between. Doesn't hit as hard. But still... It it's it is a the parody movie. It's no super bad. Okay? Super bad is on a different plane of existence. Super bad, the Fast and the Furious parody, is an incredible is genuinely funny, and I have people that back me up on that. Says you. James and Barb, I think you back me up on it. That that is something. I, I have two friends who like Super Bad. So I think that you're right. I think that I think at least James does like it. But 
that that doesn't that makes me think more questionable things about him than it does solidify the fact that you it's are funny. so judgy, Little Miss <laughs> High Horse. The Matrix is so great. Ooh, yeah. hey, yeah, I'm making bold statements. Mm. The Matrix is mm. good, and I make bold statements as well. Super bad is very funny. Dance flick mildly funny. I stand by those things. Right, you can put okay, them on the gravestone. Here, notarize it. I said it. I'll go on record. Bring it. I believe you. Okay. Um, all right. Now we get into like more normal movies. Like, well, I mean, this movie isn't normal. <laughs> on Amazon Prime, I watched a movie called Possum. Okay. Uh, this, I feel like I had heard some things about it somewhere because I saw the title in the poster. I'm like, I know I've heard good things about this. And it is a British film from last year, I think, a little indie I, it would be under the horror section in a weird way. When I say that, I'm like, wait, really? It's it's it, there's not that much that happens, and not really anything horrific, but it's it's creepy. It's about a a man who is um, clearly like damaged, and you don't quite know how. You don't know if he's sort of mentally, emotionally stunted. You can just see he's an awkward, awkward thir- late thirty something guy. The kind of guy that walks around and when teenagers see him, they're pretty sure he's, you know, going to follow them and murder him kind of thing. And Mm -hmm. he has gone, like, to his childhood home where his creepy uncle lives. And with him is this, he carries around this bag. And in the bag is this puppet because he is a puppeteer. And the puppet is this really gross, big spider thing with a creepy, creepy human mask. And you you keep kind of seeing snippets of it. You don't see the full thing. Like, and he's trying to get rid of it and it keeps coming back. He like throws it in the water and then he wakes up and it's in bed next to him and he burns it. And then he, he, you know, just sees the leg across the room. And it's, I made the mistake of not watching this just in one sitting. It's definitely a movie that would benefit from just letting its mood kind of take you and do weird things to you. I just didn't have Mm -hmm. that ability. Um, and so it it definitely lost like the punch it could have had, but it's really it's different, it's weird. Um, I think if you watch it beginning to end, it will have enough like it, it's just unsettling is the best way to describe it. Um, so it's a recommend. It's it's on Amazon. It's not long. It's like ninety minutes, and it's just different. You don't quite know what you're getting. It doesn't necessarily pay off in giant ways. But I think it's worth a look. It feels like a movie that should have been on Shudder in its own way. Interesting. Yeah. Um, let's see. Just a few more. I have a, two plain movies. Uh, one was Little. This was the... Oh, yes, 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 yeah. yes. Yep. This was cute. I, I um, haven't watched... I would like to. I think you'd like it. It's... It. I, tr- I watched them. It was like the perfect plain movie, like just kind of like light and pr- it's very pretty. Like it's really colorful. You know, the costumes are great. Like, you know, you have a character who's living in this really, really expensive, um, stylish apartment and wears stylish clothes. So it's one of those just kind of eye candy movies that is visually really pleasing. I don't know what it was that just didn't, it, it I almost feel like it could have or maybe should have been a little bit meaner in a sense I don't, that's the wrong word but it just feels like it holds back a little bit um everybody's great in it um regina hall's really good the little girl i'm sure she's famous and i just didn't recognize her and i'm sure she'll go on to do great things like she is amazing she's in a television show that i 
She might be in black. I was about to say, I think it's blackish. She's amazing. Like she is, I mean, that, that girl is damn good. Um, Issa Rae's great. Like she's likable. It's, it's, you know, fun to see her kind of in that role. And on one hand, like, I like that it was kind of sweet and didn't like go, go too mean. Like it shouldn't have been mean. Um, it, it also does. It's not like there's some romances in it, but they're not really central to anything like that's it's never about that. It's always about Mm. these women. It's about their relationship to each other and their relationship to their jobs and that. So that's great. I just I don't know what it is. There was something missing to like really make it pop or make it like really stick. And I don't know what it was. Um I'll be curious when you see it, because I'm sure you will at some point. I think you'll enjoy it. Yeah. And I may I may just be overthinking it. I don't know. I just felt like I enjoyed this, but I just wanted to enjoy it more, I guess. So, I don't know. And then on the way back on the other plane, I watched uh, a movie I'd wanted to watch for a while. I watched The Big Short. Which I really liked. Did you like it? I did. Yeah. I, and I didn't think I would. I kind of felt I'm like, oh, I know this is going to be like a very yeah, like bro movie and all that. But A, I, you know, I work in business, but I didn't really, I don't really understand the financial crisis, didn't really understand a lot of that. And it really does explain it in a way that's entertaining and horrifying and, and all of that. And it's not like, hey, I wish it wasn't a total dude fest, but I get why it is a dude fest because that's kind of part of why... I feel like in in part it's kind of saying like yeah this is might be kind of why some of this happened that you have these kinds of mm-hmm. personalities running the show and that's how you get a housing market crash. Yeah, it, I thought I would be I don't know. I didn't think I'd get anything out of it. I didn't think it was for me, but um Zach watched it and was like I really think you would like this. So we yeah. watched it again and I was like I'm I need to start paying attention to like, he knows what I'm going to, he knows what makes me check out of something, yeah. I think, which is most important. And that doesn't happen in this movie. It's very engaging mm. and it's not. Yep. Broy. I, no. I mean, that's, I can't think of a better way to say it, but it's not condescending. It's yeah. just really, I don't know. It's engaging in a really interesting way. And it's, I mean, I think it's very deliberately in like, I mean, actively, the movie says, oh, hey, we know this is confusing. We know this is boring. So we're going to, we're here's a really clever, um, enjoyable, eye candy way of understanding it. And I thought, I'm like, on paper, because I knew, like, that was coming. I'm like, oh, so this is probably going to make me groan. But it it works. Like, I, I get it. Mm-hmm. And then it, and it really does explain it to you. And let's face it, the problem with a lot of these kinds of things is that, I think so many of us, and I know I'm this way, I mean, I, you know, I consider myself a pretty smart person. I read a lot. Um, I now work, like, in the business world, and yet I've always thought, oh, but I just don't really understand, like, economic policy and, like, housing stuff. Like, that's just, uh, that's a different set of knowledge. Yeah, it's a different different set of knowledge, but it's not a higher set. It's just a matter of understanding those rules, and then it makes sense, and then you realize, oh, shit, I need to know this stuff because you know, when things happen, I need to know how, you know, what to do from there. And I feel like it kind of does a a good job of at least making me feel that way of kind of saying, Hey, these are things you, you, everybody ignores because nobody has taught us to pay attention. And, and that's a problem. So, yeah. That was a very uh, articulate way to put that. Thank you. You're so kind. So now let's talk about a movie that I think you and I had very different opinions on. 
What? What movie? Ready or not. Oh. I feel like I know. Yeah. So before, like, we'll go, like, we won't go, like, deep, deep dive, but let's talk about it a little bit. But before, before, like, I'm going to, let's, before people, if we spoil anything, before that, I'm going to say, I really loved it. Oh, well, I didn't. You did not. Yeah. This is the time. This is the time we don't agree. I know. It's like one in every 30. And and I, now, I don't think it was the greatest movie ever made. I don't think it's a game changer. I just found myself enjoying this 90 minutes of screen time. And I don't think, and I, I had one or two specific kind of things that I didn't like about it, but I just found it really fun. Yeah. I want to hear what you didn't like about it. Um, I didn't think it was fun. Okay. I I didn't like um I didn't like the the script. I didn't like the dialogue. It was not it didn't feel real. It didn't feel like anybody said it out loud before they committed it to their final okay. draft. Um I didn't like the swearing. I thought it was heavy-handed and goofy and felt like like a, a young person, a very very young person like a teenager wrote it. Uh, I didn't like the constant violence uh, on female bodies. Um, there was there was no need for the level uh, in the the meanness of mm. violence. The how disposable all the women were. I, in I it. think that that's where my if I could pick like one thing that I that did kind of like oh didn't sit well with me. It is the you know the three uh, before the finale and so now we're going to spoil things so if you haven't seen it listen wait wait for the music and then we'll talk about bound um the three people who the only people that die until the finale are the three female maids and i agree i think on one hand like i laughed at least two of the three times but at the same time i'm like but we're really not a like but uh, are we getting that like Mm -hmm. and i think it's like i think it is kind of making a joke about the fact that these awful people treat them as disposable um but it didn't it didn't actually ever do that because and i and i have a i i don't want to cut you off so no no no, go go no no no, i i I don't yeah you you i get i get passion voice and i just want to make sure i love your passion voice it's like angels to my ears angry angels (laughs) but see zach and i talked about that at length it was never really con it wasn't uh, like commentary on working class like the way it could have been um which would have been which would have been more interesting because i didn't necessarily have a pr- i mean it sucks that all three women were dispatched the way they were mm-hmm. um but i didn't necessarily have a problem with that there's literally the scene where they're throwing their bodies in the in the gross pit mm-hmm. um the way that they handle that is just really mocking and disturbing and they wouldn't have handled male bodies that way. I, I know that they wouldn't because they didn't. Because the 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 corpse that was in there with um, Samara Weaving was sat up, like it was the corpse was sat up, like with respect. But then they treated the female corpses, not bones, see flesh and blood corpses like that. Yeah, it wasn't funny or cute. And then the way that the the way that the butler who was the only male working class person in this movie was not treated like that he got a few hero moments he he died in a car crash he didn't even die by samara weaving's hand he died in a car crash he didn't they didn't kill him he died by circumstance the Mm. amount of respect that they showed to that character over the female characters was glaring to me 
And the fact that Samara Weaving's character was not supposed to live and that they just changed it at the end, I think that speaks volumes about the script as Oh, a I whole. didn't know that. She, that. That was the original ending? She, yeah. She, they, like, she was supposed to die. I don't Jeez, remember that. Yeah. I read an article about it. If I can find it, I'll send it to you. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm very she, curious about that. So it felt that way, right? I didn't feel like she got any hero moments. I felt like she fumbled through the movie and then, and then like a ghost winked at her and that was it. Like she didn't even save herself. Like the devil saved her. But she does at other times in that. See what I, something I really liked. I mean, I, I mean, I think she is the the best thing in the movie and I don't know how that would have worked without her. I think she is so good in a way that, in, in two ways. One is that, just as an actress, I think she is oozing in charisma. I mean, everything she's been in, um, even when the movie isn't great, like The Babysitter, she is yeah. great in it. She is, I mean, she's gorgeous, and she has, like, a, a very interesting look to her, but she just also can really play... Um, it's not like, oh, she plays relatable. Like, it's... I believe her as a, like, human being in movies, I think. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And from the beginning, I think she's just, she's funny, she's sarcastic. Like, you fall in love with her right from the start. You're just on her side, and, you know, she's a fish out of water, and, like, you're following that. And one of the things I like is just how there is never a moment of her kind of making a stupid decision. Very quickly, she catches on. She catches on exactly when she should, and from that point on, she never fumbles. Like, sure, she makes she makes mistakes, like, but she never like stops and and sobs or has that. Mo- I feel like so many of, of her movies like will always have that moment of weakness for the character. But in this, like, no, as soon as she realizes, oh, I I am running for my life tonight. Every decision she makes is to save herself, and she is never giving up, and she's always thinking ahead, and she's making really smart moves. And, you know, it it gets her to the end of the movie, and it does, and she, she I think she does save herself time and time again. Um, you know, I mean, she, the, the, the scene with Annie McDowell, like, she, she fights for her life. Well, there, there you go, though. That's woman against woman again. Yes, like as as I say, like yeah, absolutely. It's a very good point. <laughs> That's my problem. Yeah. Like she doesn't, and it, it there's the she does. Uh, I will give you. I will. I will. Yes, you're actually a hundred percent right about that. There's no she falls down and she doesn't understand that she needs to get up mm-hmm. moments, which are infuriating. Yes. So I appreciate that they didn't make her like a bumbling right. dope. Like, but there is, there is, in for my money, there was a lack of agency that when you're you're trying to tell a powerful story about class and and family, it just was was absent. You know, it's it's funny because on one hand, I really like that this was a ninety minute kind of in out movie, right? Like, and because you can tell, like, oh, there's a lot more um, backstory here. But the movie doesn't go into it. Like, it. I don't know if there's a deleted scenes. I really don't know. It doesn't feel like there were. It just feels like, okay, clearly, you know, the filmmakers had this all figured out. And they knew who all of the in-laws were and all that. But the same, because, t- I, I mean, I like that it's quick. I like, because, uh, again, it felt like such a good August, you know, vacation day movie. But now, the other part to that, and I think it speaks a little bit to the, you know, w- what bothers you about it 
is there is richness to those characters and part of its performance and, and part of it may be what's on the script, but you know, I, and I think like Andy McDowell's character is a, is like the next like interesting one in there, because from the beginning, you know, she says like, yeah, I you know I was also I, I I didn't come for money, and this was so weird to me in the beginning, and and you know, but here it is, and they they, you know, they they never pl- she she is sympathetic. She clearly likes <clears throat> Samara Weaving's character, but then as soon as okay, oh, if we don't do this, everything gets taken away from us. She springs into that mode and it works. But yeah, maybe there was more time for character reflection a little bit more on what that meant, I guess. There is a lot that isn't explored that may have thickened it up for you where where there were things that really bothered you and what wasn't there. It's just what they chose to focus on, I guess, with the time that they had. Like, didn't you at all feel like it was kind of Adam Brody's story? Like, it was his redemption story? Like, I don't, I wasn't, I didn't show up for that. I feel like that was a small part of it, certainly. I mean, like, yes, because it does start with him. Um, and, and he does and he have has a the key big part. Hero yeah, he has a hero moment, but that doesn't save the day. It saves her temporarily, and then she has to save herself next. But she doesn't save herself. But she when does. Does she save The next her? scene is her killing Andy McDowell. But it's Andy McDowell. She beats her to death. Yeah. Oh my god. The fucking let other people make movies, please. <laughs> this movie, this movie, I found this movie so tiring and it was it was so Ugh. I'm glad that it did well because I want yeah. more. I mean it is like pure this. original you know. Right? And that's... We all want that. Of course we do. Like, franchises are fine. Tentpole movies or mm-hmm. whatever. But of course we all want stuff that takes chances. Yeah, we, and we, we want, want movies stuff... here and there to do well. That take, We want happy death days to, to have a third exactly. one. Exactly. Yeah. We want it... Like, to, we want things to get excited about. Like, interesting stories. Yeah. And I just... I don't know. I felt like I saw a different movie than most people. Interesting. <laughs> people are like, this is going to be my Halloween costume. And I'm like, what movie did you watch? <laughs> and I guess there's part of me that wishes that I could watch that movie too. I wish you could because I had such a good time. And I, <laughs> I feel kind of like like jealous and, and broken in a way. Like, is this really how... Am I really this this jaded feminist asshole that Twitter tells me I am last Stop. night when that, a man attacked me on Twitter. For am what? I really that? Oh, goodness. Who do I have to kill? Was it about the Joker? Oh, no, it was... <laughs> People are ridiculous. But, like, am I really that person? Is that where I am that I can't enjoy a movie because I feel like it it didn't do enough? I don't know. No, I'm I, glad you liked it, No, though. no, no. Hey, I, I don't ever want you or anyone to feel like they um that their feelings are on a on a movie on a book whatever that their feelings aren't like your feelings are always right your expectation what you wanted from that movie and what it didn't give you that that is you that is not subject to anybody else's approval or denial by you know it's, no you 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 wanted you saw what you saw was a story that wasn't told in a way that you felt 
it deserved or felt it the characters deserved that is totally valid i am thankful that i was it that i didn't have that same issue with this movie and was just able to really have a damn good time but yeah. i i mean hey i'll watch showgirls any day of the week damn do i will i ever be able to defend the really brutal rape scene no i really can't and that always bugs me that I'm able to enjoy this movie, even though I know this has a glaring, glaring, poor decision that really um, destroys the movie for some people. And I can understand and totally sympathize with that view, and I can get around it because I'm simple and can enjoy thrusting separately. And, and yeah. that's, you know, so that, that's my <laughs> I've analogy. I've always known right? that about you. <laughs> that, that is what they say about me on the bathroom walls. <laughs> oh, boy. What a movie. Yeah. So I, I am curious for all of our listeners where you fell. Do you, you know, do you see Christine's points? Do you support them? Do you have more to say there? Or, or are you simple like me and just enjoyed some more weaving Not kicking simple. rich ass? Stop it. I mean, I'm personal. I, I watched Dance Flick yeah. and I laughed out loud. Well, several times. <laughs> There's this thing. One of the dancers, he dances on his head and he does this thing where, like, he just, uh, he, like, gets straight on his head and does this little, like, with his hands, he just, like, spins and spins and spins. And then um, the bad team puts oil on the ground. So then he spins out of control and dies. And that made me laugh. I mean, I guess that sounds There's funny. There's a scene where one of the, the girls is, like, on a stripper pole, and she's doing all these dance moves, and then she, um like, goes to lick it, and then she bites it, and then she just spins around just by her mouth, and it's, it's like a dummy spinning around, and I laughed really hard, oh, Christine. No. Really hard. And just like I laughed every time <laughs> the camera would cut to um the ant who was played by the woman from Cube, which I didn't realize until later and made me excited, like the German-ish aunt with the very strict face. Every time, uh-huh. every time she came on screen, I laughed. <laughs> I'm simple. Oh, but I love you and your simplicity. Yeah, <laughs> you're too kind. All right, so shall we take a break and come back and talk about Bound, a movie that Let's... I think we agree on? I, who knows anymore? <laughs> Up is down, black is white. <laughs> All, All right, right let's do it. Let's take a break. Oh, life could be a dream if I could take you up in paradise up above. If you would tell me I'm the only one that you love, life could be a dream, sweetheart. Hello, hello again. Shaboom and hoping we'll meet again. Oh, life could be a dream. If only all my precious plans would come true. If you would let me spend let's my whole do life it. loving you. Let's do it for our country. The red, white, and the blue. Anyway, uh, suddenly you had me singing Grease too. This happens Oops. on Friday nights. Bound, 1996. The Wachowskis, Woo! written and directed by. Uh, this was their first... Now, they, now I had totally forgotten this. Christine, we covered their first... Or one of their first screenplays, did we not? Did we? Yes. What? The Wachowskis wrote Oh, I have to get up IMDb because I can't remember. No, 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 no. I will tell you. I just can't believe that you forgot this because this was your pick because <gasps> you wanted to do movies like set in, I think, Washington and so on. So do you not remember a couple of years ago when we covered Assassins? 
with Antonio Banderas and uh, Sylvester Stallone and Julianne Moore and the cat. Oh, yeah, Julianne Yeah, and I do cat. remember that. Don't forget her cat. Yeah, that was their... Yeah, so they wrote that. Uh, and then from there, they wrote and directed Bound. Which... Shocking to think. Mm-hmm. Bound is is their first is their directorial debut. Oh my god, it's so good! And I believe they are both just listed as absolute co-directors on it. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's written and directed by just the two of them together. I don't know, and and I mean I don't know much about them aside from like very passing what I've read. Um, but apparently they are very. Like, they don't do commentaries for their films, and I was really mad, because I got this as a disc from Netflix, and I saw it's a special edition. I'm like, oh, cool. I wonder what, after I watched it, I'm like, oh, what features are on here? A scene selection. Damn it. Yep. (laughs) I was hoping there'd be a commentary or a making of, but there's nothing. And I, I, as much as on one hand, I want to have all those things, I also really respect their reasoning for not, which is just, they basically said, hey, we make the movie, but we don't want to then assign any kind of uh meet like you whatever movie you watched and whatever you got out of it that's your movie we made it but the rest of it's in your hands and we don't want to be locked into defining the movie and its themes for you so i i have respect for that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh but so uh, they, you, oh please no go go ahead oh no i was just about to tell everybody that we'll, we'll be spoiling it oh yeah yes much to say about it um do you want to go into the plot of it um, sure. So this movie centers, um, it's, it's a real tight cast, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, our two protagonists are, um, Violet and Corky, Jennifer Tilly and Gina Gershon, respectively. Um, there is also, uh, Caesar, who is played by Joey, Joey Pantoliano. <laughs> you can call him <laughs> Joey name- Pants, all of his friends do. His name makes me laugh. Um, <laughs> so it. it's it's um it's a crime drama. Would you say mostly? I, yeah, I, I guess that's the best best if you're gonna put it in a genre. Um, yeah, it's a thriller. I guess. I guess, but it's, it's pretty also so funny. It's really funny it, at times. It's very funny. <sighs> um, Caesar is very funny. Yes. Um, Je- Jennifer Tilly is always funny. I mean, she is um, a goddess. But so basically it's a it's like a mob movie, um a very very small intimate movie. Jennifer Tilly mm, by happenstance in her building meets Gina Gershon's character who is doing repairs on the apartment next to her and Caesar's. Jennifer Tilly is married to Joey Pants. Um he is in the, he is mobbed up and she um, by, uh, you know, she's kind of, yeah, she's in that too. Um, she meets Gina Gershon very promptly seduces her, mm-hmm. which is lovely. Yep. Those, they, they're so lovely, just so lovely to watch oh, yeah. and be in the same room with. And, oh, got such good, authentic performances. Mm hmm. Really, really lovely. So it's a very, it's, it's a very, um, gay movie. Yep. Um, like real great, real, uh, real sexy and awesome. But then all of a sudden it's like, Hey, guess what? This movie's sexy, but it's also really interesting (laughs) because 
had always heard that this movie was like super gay and there's like lots of lesbian shit in it, which is still for some reason a remarkable thing. Um, mm-hmm. Well, in, in but, 1996, it was. Oh, for I sure. Mean, yeah. It's a bit on the taboo side, you could even kind of say. Yeah. It, it was not like a big mainstream thing to do. You, you uh, didn't how- have lesbian. You, you'd have a lesbian in movies. You might yeah. have lesbians as sort of a punchline in movies, but yeah. you did not have two lesbians as your central characters like, in a relationship yes. in a, in a yeah. movie. Like a couple. Yep. Like, um, so that's really cool. But so I knew going in that it was going to be sexy or, or like, you know, like a, like a sexy game of cat mm-hmm. and mouse kind of thing. But I didn't realize how like interesting and plot driven it was going to be. So you get you get to the sexy pretty quick, and then it's like, oh hey, it's kind of a heist movie. Oh, totally. Um, and we have a heist to pull off. So Jennifer Tilly's character, by virtue of being in that world, is like, hey, there's all this money coming into the house. I think that we should we should steal this money because Gina Gershon's character had been in prison for stealing mm-hmm. things. And she's like, come help me steal this shit, and then we can take the money and leave. And it's so fucking compelling. Yeah. And they come up with a, a good plan. But a, like a, in all of these really movies. A really solid, interesting plan. Of course, the plan has something has to go wrong that affects the plan. And so you are you're end up very quickly with possibly the mob on your tail or, or Caesar on your tail. And mm-hmm. a lot of dangerous things along the way. And spoiler alert they end up getting their money and living happily ever after. And you know what's interesting, not to jump too far ahead, but so I think when there's like heist movies or big plot movies, like there's always the thinking like, of course something's going to go wrong. But like in like an Ocean's Eleven style movie, it's like, oh, well, oh no, the elevator is stuck all of a sudden and we might not get this up to the right floor so that we can wheel, you know, it's something like this. Mm-hmm. But in this movie, it was literally, they could only guess how Caesar was going to react. And yeah. he didn't react that way. It was, so it was a character driven thing a that really they needed good to go. And that's really interesting because yeah. of course that's the thing that would go wrong. They can control the timing or yep. it getting a new bottle of liquor or like, they can control the phone ringing and stuff like that, but they cannot control how someone's going to react. Even if, even if Jennifer Tilly's character knows this man, yeah, she's she doesn't know. Well, cause, and so much of I think the movie, and and this was something that like also like I thought like while watching, but then like having read a little bit about it, they confirm like a lot of it is about you know kind of the way you we we misjudge people and misunderstand them when we think we understand them. And Jennifer Tilly in this movie, you see her and you think, oh, sex pot, married to a mob guy, probably a former cocktail waitress, like that kind of thing. And yeah, that's true. But that's the whole, like her whole strength is that she's aware of that and she's able to mm-hmm. use that to get away with a whole bunch of things because, you know, she knows how all the mob guys see her. They all lust after her. They all treat her sweetly. And she mm-hmm. knows that bugs the shit out of Caesar. And so, you know, she knows exactly how to play things to get a reaction. 
but and there and for a while it's great like oh yeah caesar does react exactly how they think but you know what he's still a human being who has his own mind and his own decisions and yep. oh shit as soon as he has a different idea it's like oh oh what do we do now we have to readjust to this and they do mm-hmm. but it's not without bumps along the way and it's not you know it's one of the things i think both of us felt about oceans 8 was it's too easy like there are no problems to this heist and in this one everything's a problem and it leads to some like you know tense really tense moments and they're played off slight like it's like you you get that in all of these kinds of movies where it's like oh the cops come and oh they're like all they have to do is open that shower curtain and they're gonna see three dead bodies yeah oh no like he's going to the sink oh no he's gonna see it and it like just so slightly tweaks it so that you are surprised because they stand there the guy does step on blood and blood drips on him and all these things happen and in any other movie he then is like wait a minute but in this like no they just don't even notice it and they leave like and and it's so cool because it really isn't what you expect when you're watching that scene yep i agree it even this time i was like wait what happens here and i was like oh yeah right (laughs) because it's it, it really does kind of like effortlessly manipulate your expectations yep which is really interesting um it does it repeatedly by having it centered on two women having Mm -hmm. it centered on two women in a relationship there is like we were talking about in uh ready or not there is violence again like perpetrated on women in this movie but it isn't leering or like funny or it, it it has impact and it's necessary for the plot and i don't know it doesn't feel gross if that makes any sense no and it feels like how to say it there's like there's no sexual violence there's you know which is so nice yeah and you're so like you're just so accustomed to it that that it's almost surprising that it doesn't go there and yes when caesar realizes that quirky and violet are together there's that moment of you lesbian bitch. But of course Caesar would say that. that is, that's that is so that's the fucking realist thing. Exactly. When when C- he's when Caesar's like like I should have I should have known this was going to happen. Can't trust you people. Yeah. Like his how like jeez buddy. Like he sees her as like subhuman yep. because she's gay and that then extends to violet he then finds her to be less than yeah because and like when he says that you that you can see it in 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 jennifer tilly's performance like her face like flashes with you i know that you just said that to her but you in effect just said it to me too yep yep and it's really like whoa hey everybody this is fucking real and it is and it makes perfect sense it's 1996 this is an italian mobster of course he hates um very masculine what he perceives as masculine lesbians like Mm -hmm. it it, and of course he would punch her in the face um it's you know it's like and, and you know there is this constant discourse if you will in in media when it comes to like the whole like kill your gaze 
trope and how especially for for lesbians or queer female characters how often they are at the at the butt end of violence and i mean truthfully that's also true of the real world unfortunately but it is one of those things that you like movies just keep leaning on because it's so easy to do and it like and and how many cases of a movie or tv show where they do they kill the one lesbian character and it you know Mm -hmm. it has this this effect because of the nature of it and it's a tricky line to toe and this is 1996 it's kind of before this is really in the conversation because it's before we have gay characters in in many things but it Mm -hmm. doesn't feel exploitive at all it feels like yes these are two lesbians who are conning we're essentially running a con on a on an angry white man who is going to react this way but you know what they're fucking awesome and they end up winning mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah it's um so the story for as much of a tale as old as time it kind of is it the story manages to be really interesting and really fresh mm-hmm. and feel like like, oh, this needed to be told because this is a story that's never been told, which is nice. Yeah. You don't feel that way very often. Well, apparently, um, so the Wachowskis had their script and they were shopping it around and several studios were like, oh, yeah, no, well, like, we're interested. Um, but can we change Corky to be a man? Oh, my God. <laughs> to which they said. I'm so glad they didn't. Exactly. They, they basically said, like, no, that story has been told hundreds of times. In hundreds of movies, we don't want to tell that story. We want to tell this story. And, you know, truthfully, if, if Corky was male, it I don't think we'd be talking about it today. I don't think anybody would have remembered this movie. It, mm-hmm. And it's not just that, like, oh, no, that their sexuality is such a, like, makes the movie, like, no, like, you could have a movie about lesbians and a crime heist and it not be something to talk about 20 years later, it's really a combination of factors of, A, this is just a really well-put-together movie. It's funny. It's it's great performances. It's all this stuff. But it's also important that they are lesbians. And it's the way yep. things happen. And that this ends with... Because the whole time I'm watching it, again, I what I'm... Most, as I like joked um, on Facebook, but it's true, what I mostly knew about this movie was, oh, yeah, I know there's like a big fingering scene with the two of them. And I, and I know that because of Seed of Chucky. <laughs> In Seed of Chucky, it's like a running joke of... <laughs> yep. And it's so funny, but like... Yeah, because like when Jennifer Tilly is trying to get a part in Red Man's movie, and he's and like he's like, yeah, I love that movie Bound. She's like, yeah, Gina Gershon and I are still the best friends. I could call her over. <laughs> it's it's so funny. It's great. Love it. But like yep. that's what I like really what I knew Bound for. And that's generally how I would hear it. When it came out, certainly that's what people talked about. And it... Like, I think on a more indie level, this did, this was respected. It got, like, good critical reviews. It got, I think, some, like, I don't know if it got any, like, indie spirit nominations, but it was, like, it was recognized as this is an important movie. Um, and, uh, oh, what was her name? So, do, do you know, I don't know if you got to read anything ab- about it. But did you know anything about um, the consultant they basically used for a lot of the lesbian stuff? No. So this is very interesting. Um, they So the Wachowskis had sent their script to a woman named Susie Bright, mm-hmm. who I guess um, is a pretty well-known writer um, who 
like, I guess was especially, like, well-known in the 90s, one of the few people that was actively writing about lesbianism and sexuality mm-hmm. and all that. And they were just fans of hers and, and sent her the script to say, oh, hey, we kind of, we wrote a lesbian movie. You know, what do you think? And, like, she loved it and, you know, raved about it. And they ended up, she's in the movie in the very beginning. She's the, the um, when Corky is hitting on a woman in the bar, she, I yes! think she's the woman who comes in and is like, no, she's with me. I think that's, that's her. That's so fun. And so basically they, they said, like, once they kind of became friends with her and said, like, oh, hey, would, um, oh, okay, here's the IMDb trivia. When she read the script, she loved it um, because it was about women enjoying sex and not apologizing for it. However, she was disappointed that they never described exactly what was happening in the sex scenes. So she asked if she could be a sex consultant for the film. They agreed. um, You know, she also was in the movie. But, like, how refreshing and cool and smart is that? That you have the Wachowskis who, you know, they're private people. They, you know, I think everybody knows that they, like, some things about them, which is that... um, they are, they are transgender. They are, they are women. When they made this movie, their names are male names. Um, probably the, in some ways the most recognizable, I think, trans filmmakers um, of, of our time, probably. And that's a whole other layer, I think, of, of reading on a lot of their films. Yes, but, it 100% is. Yeah. Oh, my God. Anybody that says... I just had this argument with somebody on Twitter the other day. Anybody that says The Matrix was directed by men doesn't fucking uh, know what The Matrix is about. Yeah. First yes. of all, look, I'm not trans. I I do I don't want to pull the I have trans friends, but I do know trans folk. Mm-hmm. And and like from my understanding, it's very similar to when somebody comes out. Right. Not exactly, but there's there's similarities whereas if I if I like it if I was, if you didn't know I was gay yesterday, and then I told you I was gay, right? It tomorrow, doesn't make you straight yesterday. It just made you, you not out yesterday. You wouldn't have said, but Christine was a straight woman when she recorded yes. that podcast, exactly. Which is what people are asserting. They're yes. asserting, well, these were the Wachowskis were men until they told us they were women, and that's not how this works. No. Yeah. And so, but in it, the, you can fucking see it all over it. You really it's can. So yeah. Amazing. It's so, it's such an interesting fucking phenomenal point of view yep. that, and that's why I think it still works so well because it's this point of view that we are not getting. Oh yeah. It, and it's so cool that like, they were like, oh, hey, we would like to have two fe- female protagonists and we'd like them to be in love and we'd like to have like an actual person who lives this life on set and like oh hello amazing people who know how to do things properly (laughs) (laughs) yeah i I love that they like probably realize somewhere down the line look we we don't know what it means for two um biologically female from birth women to have sex that's a that's a yeah. different outside i mean hey that would be outside of my area of expertise like if i was directing a movie and i had to do a lesbian sex scene i should probably bring in a lesbian to direct, to help me with that scene because i i don't know i mean hey i don't know what two men do in a scene i don't know what every man and woman do like look like exactly. sexuality is different for everybody not every hetero couple has sex the same way not every gay couple has sex the same way but at the same time you're making a very specifically lesbian film Yes, yep. it is 
really smart and really important to sit back and say, I can use some help on this. Because my actresses also are two straight actresses and they don't know how to how to mm-hmm. have a love scene together. It's new for them. And it's one of those, like, again, not, not to, like, go on a whole rant about, like, the difference sometimes between men and women, but it's it's been on mind a lot lately just for various reasons. Like, the whole difference in, like, confidence level and how when... You know, when we don't know how to do something like, what do you do? You probably ask, what do I do? I usually, you know, kind of look and say, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm having trouble with, with this problem. Let me, let me go ask people that, that do it. Whereas this is pure generalization, but it is not necessarily a totally off base generalization. Men don't always do that. Many men's instinct is to be like, I'll figure it out. Yeah, I, I think I got it. And part of that is the whole, like, we're raised with a little more self-doubt for various cultural mm-hmm. reasons, so we think, like, no, we need help on this. But boy, wouldn't the world be a better-run place if everybody asked for help when they needed it? I Yes. There's absolutely nothing wrong with admitting that you have a blind spot yeah. or that you're learning or that you need stuff it's just so and it and you end up especially in creative endeavors you end up with like a better product yes exactly <laughs> it's it's weird how that's like like i don't know it's so it's not it's not embraced because it's weak it looks weak somehow mm-hmm. i don't know it's weird yeah yeah it's i mean it, it i would love to say it's changing i hope it is i hope I hope so. The next generation, like I, like was I'm trying to remember. I was saying this like to my niece recently. I'm like, don't say you're sorry if you didn't do anything wrong. Like I'm like, I do it too, but we shouldn't have to do it. We've just been conditioned mm-hmm. to think that we have to. Um, but it's it's along the same lines, and you know, and and yes, a lot of people walk away. A lot of especially heterosexual men walk away from Bound remembering the sex scene sure it's a really sexy sex scene these are two incredibly sexy women who have great chemistry with each other but there's part of why it's such a great sex scene is because it feels like these are two women having sex and not two women having sex to the desires of a man watching them have sex Mm mm-hmm yeah um the now some fun facts Jennifer Tilly was initially going to be playing Corky. Interesting. Yeah. It was her. I don't know who the other one was. Somebody else was cast as Violet. And Jennifer Tilly really wanted to do it because she thought, oh, it's a great role for me because it's so different from what I play. I'm always, this was like shortly after Bullets Over Broadway. So, you know, she was always playing the sex pot and she like Mm -hmm. wanted to do a role that was totally not that. And then I guess what happened was Gina Gershon came into audition for Violet. <laughs> Apparently, like Jennifer Tilly, like watched, like was there with the Wachowskis and was like, "God damn it, she's get, she's quirky. She makes a better quirky than than I do." <laughs> Which I love. I love her, again her recognizing like, no, this is the right casting. But then also like, fuck Jennifer. I, I now again, most of this is seat of Chucky, and I know that that will always color my view of everything in the world, and Bride mm-hmm. of Chucky as well. But like. How good is Jennifer Tilly in this movie? She's so good. She's so good. Because she 
she has shtick that she does, mm-hmm. which which I love. No one can do it like her. But like, if this goes so beyond that, like yeah. she's she's so sweet and cute in that voice, but also like transformative. Like you forget it's her. Yeah. And, and that's, it's so fun to watch. It's so fun, and it's so fun to watch her. And something I don't think I ever really realized about her, it's really fun to watch her play off of different actors. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, she, you know, she's giving a different performance with Gina Gershon because she's kind of not a different character, but she's showing a different side of herself to then her with Caesar to then watching her with the mob guys where she really does turn it up and she she her voice gets higher she gets you know dumber um and she just plays them and it's so fun to watch her playing violet playing these men and then to see it and to see her do it on caesar and then when she gets caught it come out and when she just has that moment of just like oh you know like i've you like like, I'm going to give you a piece of my mind after all these years. It's, like, it's one of those performances that, like, nobody else could do it that way. And, yeah, sure, it's the same Jennifer Tilly voice that you have in everything she does. But you see how she's using it here. And it's really, really special. Yep. <sighs> it's 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 really good. Yeah. Like, like, there's multiple levels of to, of why... It's good. It's not just like, and we didn't even talk about like it, it's filmed so well on a tiny it's budget. So interestingly, it looks good. It it doesn't feel like somebody's first. No, like no, it no. Really it's just doesn't. this interesting, sh- interesting shots, interesting composition, yep, yep. the way things are framed. It it it's just really. Oh, the end when when he gets shot. Yeah. It's so good. Like really it's well so well directed performances. Re- like really good use of space too. Right? Yeah. Like this is essentially all in one apartment for the most part. 90% of this movie takes place in this one apartment and it is not the most visually striking apartment. It shouldn't be. There's nothing that special about this apartment building. But yeah, they they shoot it really well. They they capture the angles really well. They they give you a sense of place. Um, I forget the name of the cinematographer, but they went through like a different one first because the guy came in. He's like, I can't do I can't do what you want me to do for this amount of money. You don't have enough money for your movie. And then the the next guy came in. He's like, No, we can make it work because this was a Dino De, De Laurentiis production. Who was not mm-hmm. known for putting a lot of money. In, like was known for yeah. He'll, he'd produce anything that seemed to have like a kind of, like, trashy market, which I'm sure is what this script, like, reeked of when you looked at it. Like, oh, it's a lesbian heist movie. Like, oh, with boobs. Great. Yeah, we'll sell it. Um, yes. But how they're, like, they do a lot without without much, and it's it's impressive. Uh, yeah, it's... Oh, oh, it's, oh. I, I'm so glad you liked it. I am, too. I'm so glad I finally watched it. And had I known Chris Maloney was in it, I probably would have watched it a lot earlier. Oh, yeah. I got. I remembered as I was watching it, like, right before he showed up, I went, oh, Emily's going to be so happy. <laughs> well, the best, too, because we were just talking about Chris Maloney with hair and how weird it is. And then I watched this, and he has even more hair than he had in 12 Monkeys, even though they came out, I think, like, the same year. And it was just like, what, what, what? But, um, like, he's fun in it because he's just playing an asshole and... 
Chris Maloney can mm-hmm. play a great asshole. You have John Ryan from It's Alive shows up. Um, and it's so it's like a great cast. Like everybody looks is is like costumed correctly. Like it, it feels not like a cartoon, like a little bit like a 40s movie, a little bit like a cartoon. But it, it just has its own tone and like visual feeling to it. And it's something special, I tell you. It it's great, and I posted on Twitter that I was watching it, and a bunch of people were like, "Oh, I love it!" Oh. Yeah. So I hope I hope everybody has seen it and found found it yep. and embraced it. And if you haven't for some reason, like I it took me forever to watch it. Same. I mean, it took um, me thirty seven years to get through it. <laughs> so just watch it. Yeah. Yeah, it's. I don't know if it's. It doesn't seem like it's streaming anywhere. I got. I got the disc from Netflix. I think it's rentable on Amazon. Um, but and and like to. I guess it's. It's probably worth owning, even though there's no special features. Uh, I did. I watched the unrated cut. I have no idea what the difference was between that and the theatrical. I'm guessing like, I don't know, like half a second more of vagina, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Um. Uh- we we own the like an old DVD of okay. it. Um, I th- I would like a better version, but I mean not that it looks bad. I just would like a sure. new. I'd like a Blu-ray or mm-hmm. something. <laughs> you really want to see those high definition tits, don't you? I mean, there's a lot to see in yeah. high definition, but I'm not disagreeing. And also, it's so funny because I watched this and I'm like, and much like Jennifer Tilly. But reverse, I'm I'm like, oh yeah, I'm totally a Violet. Like, I love the way Violet dresses. I love the way Violet acts. But then at the end of the day, I'm, I'm more of a quirky. Just, and Janina Gershon's air in this is so good. Oh yeah. Oh, she looks so pretty. She, yeah, she's sexy in this. I, I feel like deep down, I know I'm a Caesar. <laughs> Like I'm the yeah. one that's gonna overreact and sh- and like my hair is gonna get really messy and I'm gonna do a whole bunch of acts of clumsiness and end up being shot by my uh, partner who has left me for Gina Gershon. That that seems more fitting to me. Mm, yeah, I mean, yeah. I for one will have earrings that are actually lockpicks, which is fucking amazing. <laughs> badass. Oh god. Yeah, this is a damn good movie. What a Woo! good time. What Glad a you good time. Yes. Um, thank you for talking about it with me. Oh, thank you for, I don't know how we decided to do it, but thanks for doing it. <laughs> um, this is the side note of how we decided. I remember well. So last last time we talked, we'd said like, oh, let's do something not spooky because you do spooky in October. So I'm, yep. I'm like, okay, let me look at like what's on Amazon Prime because you still have that. Like we'll find something there. I'm looking at my list. I'm like, oh, Bound. I've always wanted to watch Bound. Let's do that. And then immediately the next day, I'm like, oh, that's not Prime. That's just on Amazon that you can rent. Damn it. <laughs> so then I'm like, do you still want to do Bound? You'd have to, like, find the DVD. And you were like, yeah, I have the DVD. And I'm like, okay, good. Yeah, it was easy peasy. Good. And happy to, always happy to watch it again. Because like we were talking about earlier with, like, expectations and trying to see where something's going, I didn't know, like, what the structure of this movie was going to be. Mm-hmm. And the first time I watched it, I think I was thrown for a little bit of a loop how much of, like, a, a heist movie it, it is. That... <laughs> and I, yeah, and I had a slight, the one downside was how I watched it. I watched it in two chunks. I, like, started yeah. watching it, had about 45 minutes, and then I had to stop it, and then came back. And the problem with that for me is just, like, I had no idea where I was in the movie. 
So I did, and that's not always a bad thing, but sometimes it means like I thought I still had like another hour left, and then suddenly it's like, oh no, that's the end of the movie. Oh really? It end? Oh, oh. <laughs> and it just like throws your rhythm off a little bit sometimes. But that's my fault, not the movies. Yeah, no, I get that. I was wondering if you were going to split it up mm-hmm. or had to split it up. Yeah, yeah. I'm a busy woman, you know? Got, got things to do. I get it. Places hey, to be. hey, I get it. <laughs> yeah. All right, so both a hearty recommend for Bound. Do you have yes. any other, do you have a hearty recommendation for something streaming that people should watch? Oh, crap. I did, and, I, and then you I did. forgot you it. You totally uh, did. You, you said in the beginning, you're like, oh, I'm going to save that for oh, my watch. Oh, 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 it's, yes. So, I'm so excited. <laughs> on Hulu, which I still, I have right now, off and on with the Hulu. Sometimes I have it, sometimes I don't. But right now I have access to Hulu, and so we watched Sliver. The, oh, yeah, the Sharon Stone. Yeah. Um, this movie is fucking weird. I'm trying, okay, so I remember watching Sliver because I remember writing about it because I love writing about sexy 90s thrillers. Of course you do. They, to and me, they're so much fun to talk about. This is weird and it's Ira Levin. Is it really? Right? I don't even remember that. Yeah, he wrote the, he wrote this book. Okay. I, get, I don't know why I can't ever get his name right. But anyways, Rosemary's Baby is an amazing book because I decided I don't watch that movie anymore. Fair. I you know, on account understand. of the reasons. <laughs> I was like, well, I need to read the book because I need this content in my life. And the book is so fucking good. Um, and I meant to read Stepford Wives. Like, anyways, I like this dude. And when I saw that it was based on a book, granted, he wrote it really late in his life compared to other mm-hmm. things. Um, I don't know if the source material wasn't great, but this movie is just kind of a mess. But um, it, it doesn't have its original ending. Like, they went in and changed the you ending. You can so, so tell, because the ending makes oh, me, you like... absolutely can. Yeah, they did not know who was... who, Which of these male characters is evil, and they clearly changed their minds five times. They ch- And then you were like, really? Is this the movie? But but I guess it's it's weird in a way because you never know who is the bad guy. And at yeah. the end, I literally said, wait a minute, he's not the bad guy? Because, but, and that's kind of fun and frustrating. It's fun because it's, it's fun to have your expectations be yep. challenged, but it's not fun when the movie itself doesn't support <laughs> what it does. <laughs> like, it's like, wait, I, did they really actually set this up or are they just telling me? Um it's a weird, very, very 90s movie. So um, 90s. I'm looking at my review I, for it, and, like, I see a picture of Sharon Stone with a choker. <laughs> yeah. Oh, her, can, let me say, though, for some reason, like, halfway through, or maybe it was the reshoots, she turns into, like, like a very young Hillary Clinton, and she's just wearing a lot of <laughs> weird, like, suits and mm-hmm. stuff. But before that, before she gets into the suits, I'm going to say that her wardrobe is, is actually really hip. I mean, this was, like, the height of Sharon Stone as a movie star. Yeah. Where... And she's fine in it. Like, I liked her. She looked pretty and her outfits were mm-hmm. cool. And she was, she, like, she acted in a movie and I was happy with that. It's just, like, I it, I want to read the book <laughs> because there's there's parts of it that do feel like it carries the themes of, of a Stepford wife or a Rosemary's Baby through, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Well, That's the interesting screenplay is also Joe Esterhaus. 
Yeah, and Zach said he, he thinks that's why, maybe. Yeah, it explains a lot <laughs> of, like, <laughs> yeah, probably taking a book that, you know, who knows what the content was, but, like, whatever the book was, the movie was going to be something messy and sleazy, because it's Joe Westerhouse. Yeah. That's all he knows how to do. Yeah. And it's the yeah. 90s. That's what you were paying nope. millions of dollars to do. God, do you exactly. remember when you get, like, $3 million for a screenplay? Oh, God. That makes me want to walk in traffic. I know. Yeah. Um, it's it, it feels like it sometimes, oh, not sometimes, it has a very, like, Hitchcock, but by way of De Palma yeah, feel. Like, well, because it's also, with, he's, uh, the, the Billy Baldwin character is a voyeur, right? Yeah, there's fucking telescopes looking into other buildings. It feels like Rear Window. It feels like Sisters. It feels like Body Double. It, it It's... It's gonna lot, and you would think good. like you'd think like fucking slam dunk, right? Right, right. But no, no. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just I'm kind of fascinated by everything that it didn't do right. Yeah, it's yeah. weird. Well, so I have um I think I have Color of Night recorded from HBO. Like I just whenever I see that there's like a sexy '90s thriller airing, I'm like I gotta watch it. It's always gonna entertain me. It's gonna be a mess. They're never good. Like they're mm-hmm. never really sexy. They're never really scary. They're just fascinating and this is what yeah. this is like the peak example of that yeah th- it's definitely fascinating that's a yeah. very good way to put it all right so my recommend might sound familiar to you because you talked about it last time <gasps> and i'm like wow that movie sounds like it has everything in the world i bet i'll love it and i watched it and i fucking loved it the blood of heroes oh my gosh isn't it good? It is. And weird? Oh my, now like, you said a lot to make me think, oh, this sounds great, I need to watch it, but like, there's even more. So this is, it's streaming on Amazon Prime, so it's accessible, very accessible. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> I, I'm, like, I, it's funny, because I listened, I was like, because I just happened, I think I looked it up or something, and I saw, like, on Just Watch, and it showed up on Amazon, I'm like... Oh, I wonder if you knew that because didn't you watch it on one of those like voodoo channels? Oh, or like Roku channel, and it looked and it was terrible. It was so hard to see and hear. Honestly, I don't know. I mean, like the Amazon print isn't a great print. Um, I watched it on my phone, so it was. I could hear everything. I can't remember if there were subtitles or not. I think I think there were because that's how I knew how to spell some things. Um, but so, like the one, like really, the only thing I didn't that was like, my negative on it was. The, and this, whether this was the film or the fact that there's no great print of it, all of the actual sports scenes, I don't know who's who. Like, everybody's just wearing very bulky armor. I, and it's I kind of felt that way. Yeah, so I think that's yeah. just kind of a flaw of the movie. But, oh my god, Christine, this is just a sports movie. Yeah, I know. It's like rollerball or it's, something. It's, but it's rollerball, but good. And I mean that about both rollerballs. Like, this is what rollerball should have been been it's a it's a post-apocalypse crazy violent made-up sport yes. done really well and but the, like the best thing about aside from it just kind of being about like okay we got to get to the big game and the big game is exciting and is like sportsmanlike and like I almost cried watching it but the other thing I love like so you have like Joan Chen is like the young, you know, the character who like is a rookie and like wants to wants mm-hmm. to make it big and she's a woman and like there's another woman on the team, there's other women that play and like mostly men play, but some women play and it's never ever a thing. Never once is somebody yeah. like women can't play this sport. Like 
Nope. She's hey, don't, immediately Don't you for accepted. a second think that's what the plot is going to be? Oh, God, yes. Oh, completely. <laughs> I was like, oh, but as soon as I saw him, like, oh, there is a woman on that team. So I guess it's, like, accepted. But I'm, but I'm, like, just waiting for it. And then the other great thing, it's like, oh, yeah, and you know what else she does? Like, she, she has sex with men. And the men have sex with her. And it's totally cool and fine. It's and fine, she can yep. have sex with one teammate. And then a couple of weeks later, she has sex with a different teammate. And... It's like they laugh about it, they joke about it, they enjoy it. Like, I like my jaw was dropping. I was like, this movie is so modern, and and it, gender politics are so good in it. Like, it was upsetting me how good this movie handled that material. Look, I don't steer you wrong. No, my God, no. <laughs> I'm like the Rudger, like Rudger Howard is. Oh, he's like he's always just perfect and beautiful and and great. Yeah. And, like, the relationship they have that's just this great, like, coach, veteran, player, young rookie, and, like, just the way he looks at her, like, which is really purely of, like, respect and hope, and, like, you see him look at her and he sees, like, himself when he was young, and it's just so, like, the level of respect they have for each other is just, oh, oh, oh my god, I love this movie, and I was so excited watching it, because I just didn't, I expected it to be, like, kind of a fun violent like exploitation, you know future movie and i yeah. got something that was like kind of like adjacent to a league of their own it made me so happy oh well i'm glad you like it so yeah, much i really did i recommend it to everybody i can't believe i'd never like heard anything about it before um the more i looked at it the more like people do play this sport somehow but if people if you haven't seen it like it's it's just such a good, um, like, I won't even call it, it's feminist in the way that you have, like, fem- a female character being treated completely equal to everyone else, but there's something about it that's just so modern and cool, and I really enjoyed yeah. it. So, yeah, go have at it, people. And that's so that. Exciting. Yeah. So, it is Friday the 13th of September. Um, yes. Do you think we have one more round of non-spooky, or do you want to plan for October spooky for our next show? We should probably plan for spooky. Okay. All right. So everybody will be in the mood for it. Yes, and I know you. I'm sure you like have your list. So when you have your list and have some things you want to talk about that you, you know, we could just go through it and we'll pick something and post it beforehand so everybody can catch up. And our next episode will be spooky. Well, spoilers for you all and you. I'm going to want to watch probably all of the Into the Darks. Oh, okay. That's on so Hulu. If, oh, yeah, I believe so. So if you had any interest in any of those specifically, I've only watched the first one. Okay. Um, but yeah. like, if we can do something else too. I'm okay, just let's think about it. Let's think about it. Okay. Cool. Just teasing everybody. With you are such a tease. I am. I am. You, you little violet. You. That's me. Yes. <laughs> uh, as I shirtlessly iron out my money, wearing an apron. That 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 seems right. Like that seems on brand for me. Oh my. Yeah. All right. Well, having said that, that folks, it was so good. Yes. Go it was watch. So good. Go watch Bound. Um, go play some, uh, jugger sport, blood of heroes, um, go sliver with Sharon Stone and, and tell us what you thought of ready or not. 
We're giving people a lot to do this September. Yeah, please. Yeah. Make a Just list. Pace yourself. Pace yourself. Make a list. Report back. Yeah. It's a marathon, not a sprint. <laughs> okay. With that Friday night wisdom, I bid you all good night. Good night. If I have a one hour, yeah, I'd want to spend it with a Rutger Hauer Discussing hydroelectric power And which was better, so, so sweet or sour Well, if I only had an hour, yeah to spend some time with Rutger Hauer talking about the character of Jack Bauer both of us atop some gothic tower and I could never feel dour no, no I never could that just wouldn't be me no, no, no oh Rutger Hauer he doesn't like things flowery To the natty is gone. He's so gone, gone, gone. He's a solid gone man. He's gone, completely gone. None of him left. He's so gone, completely gone. Well, ha, I would never cower. No, if I stood next to Rutger Hauer, both hoping it doesn't choose a hop to devour. Our bellies both full with Guinness and a whiskey sour. Oh, I would never ever cower. No, I would never cower as long as I live. Oh, Rutger Hauer, he doesn't need no artillery. Well, his body is strong and his mind's full of debauchery. Rutger Howard
time for tea, in time for tea, in time for tea, in time for tea, in time for tea, with your power and me, in time for tea, with your power and me, in time.